You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Don't think more highly of yourself is the title of this devotion. That is a statement that you'll find in Romans, and I'll read that to you in just a minute, but I would like to start with you here from 1 Corinthians chapter 4, starting at verse 1. And I want to read it from the living, even though I know it's a paraphrase, but it helps us quickly catch what the apostle was saying so I don't have to elaborate too much to make the point. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. So Apollos and I should be looked upon as Christ's servants who distribute God's blessings by explaining God's secrets. Now, the most important thing about a servant is that he does just what his master tells him to. What about me? Have I been a good servant? Well, I don't worry over what you think about this or what anyone else thinks. I don't even trust my own judgment on this point. My conscience is clear, but even that isn't final proof. In other words, I know nothing against myself is how the King James says that. I know nothing against myself. But even that isn't final proof. You see, it is the Lord himself who must examine me and decide. Am I a good servant? Am I a true servant of Christ? Come on, don't think too highly of yourself is the title of this devotion. What do you think of yourself? Do you ever consider, where am I? What am I? What is my heart like before God? The Bible says, search yourself in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 5, I think it is. Search yourself, whether or not you're in the faith. And I think it is so important that we take time sometimes to see where am I with the Lord? I I really think the Lord would have you in such a place that he could say, praise the Lord, son, I love you. (laughs) Well, son, you're doing well. I love you, my daughter. Come, let's grow here and that you keep growing in the Lord. The Apostle Paul, when he talks about himself, he said, you know, in Philippians 3, that for which Christ has taken hold of me, I am pressing to take a hold of. Am I completely perfect in what he took hold of me for? No, not yet. But one thing I do, I forget what's behind, I press on. I press on. And to the degree I've already come to know all that he took hold of me for, to impart to me, to reveal in me of himself, I keep growing. So you may say, well, being on the journey, Pastor, it's kind of like the cup going down empty, saying to the cup going up full, I don't know. I, I don't know. I get so down on myself that no matter how many times I come up full, I always go down empty. And the cup going up full says, wow. I would never think that way. It don't matter how many times I've gone down empty, I always come back up full. You see, where are you? Are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? Where are you? 
Paul says, am I a good servant? Am I not a good servant? God has to decide that. What you think about that, I don't allow that to bother me. What, what other people would judge me about that, I don't allow that to bother me because you know something? I cannot even decide for myself, am I a good servant or not? Do you get it? God has to show me this. God is the one who shows me thou good and faithful servant, enter into your reward as Jesus teaches. So the Lord himself must examine me and decide if I'm a good servant or not. Verse five of 1 Corinthians four. So be careful not to jump to conclusions before the Lord returns as to whether someone is a good servant or not. When the Lord comes, he will turn on the light so that everyone can see exactly what each one of us is really like deep down in our hearts. Then everyone will know why we have been doing the Lord's work. At that time, God will give to each one whatever praise is coming to him. I personally find that very important, what I just read to you, that the day is coming that we have to stand before the Lord and give an account of what motivated us. I, I used to pray from Psalm 119, Lord, help me, help me to want what you want. I think it's verse 84 or so. Help me to want what you want so that I may see your miracles again. I used to pray those verses and pray those verses, Lord, please cleanse my kidneys, purify my motivation, my inclination, Lord, make my heart true. Hebrews chapter, chapter 10, make my motivation true. Make my heart true to you, Lord. Make me perfect in my heart towards you. Remove out of me all false motives. Remove out of me everything that would motivate me to do when it isn't pleasing you, but it's only seeking my own advancement. The Apostle Paul, he says in, in Timothy, I don't have anybody but Timothy with such a true heart. And, and I'll read to you here from Hebrews. No, excuse me, Romans 12, verse 1. So I beseech you, therefore, brethren and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Think on that right there. Because of the mercy you've received with God, that now you're brought into communion with Him now that you're reconciled to him, now that you've been made right in his sight by the righteousness of God in Christ, now that you have peace with God and enjoy the joy of his Holy Spirit, offer yourself wholly to him, completely. Jesus said in John 10, verse 36, do you say of him whom the Father consecrated, dedicated and separated unto himself, I'm blaspheming because I say I'm his son. Does it offend you that I am one with my Father? Shouldn't that make you happy? Shouldn't you be happy to meet somebody and you feel the holiness of God, the presence of God? Isn't that what we're living for? He said, present yourself holy to the Father and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good an acceptable and perfect will of God, that you may for yourself begin to say, you know God's will. <laughs> 
I love God's will. It is good. It's acceptable. It's perfect. There's nothing like it. That's not three different levels of his will. No, God's will is good. It's acceptable. It's perfect. Hallelujah. And then he says, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who's among you, do not think not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Let me see how it says that verse in the Amplified Translation, 12 verse 3. Romans 12 verse 3. Here you are. For by the grace, unmerited favor of God given to me, I warn everyone among you not to estimate and think of himself more highly than he ought, not to have an exaggerated opinion of his own importance, but to raise his ability with sober judgment, each according to the degree of faith apportioned by God to him. You see, I really believe, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. It's one of the great scriptures in the book of Habakkuk. And the book of Romans helps us on grasp what Habakkuk meant when he said this. And without faith, it's impossible to please your father. And faith is something that we receive through Jesus, who's the author and perfecter of faith. So he brings you into communion with the Father. And as you live through Jesus in fellowship with the Father, that faith that he gives through his union with the Father, that trust, that reliance, that dependence on the Father that he gives into you, he perfects into you. And it keeps growing that trust, that reliance until there's no distrust, there's no doubt, there's no questioning, there's nothing. Thing hindering that perfect union with the Father. And he says here, don't allow yourself enjoying his mercy and in giving yourself to him to, to be trapped by self-importance. I honestly pray against that. I really do. I pray against it. I say, Lord, hide me in humility, in your humility, in your meekness. Teach me. Matthew 11, 27, teach me to know, to learn from you, your meekness, your gentleness, Matthew 11, 27, to learn from you, your meekness and gentleness. I want to know this. Hide me in your meekness. Hide me in your gentle, humble heart, Lord, please, Lord. And I tell you, I need it every day, friends. I need it every day. First Corinthians chapter four, verse 6. Now, these things that I'm talking to you about right now, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what's written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. For who makes you differ from another, and what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you'd not received it? You're already full, you're already rich, you reign as kings without us, and indeed I could wish 
you did reign, that we also might reign with you. For I think that God has displayed us, the apostles, last as men condemned to death. For we have been made a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished but were dishonored. To the present hour we both hunger and thirst and poorly clothed, beaten and homeless. We labor working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless, being persecuted, we endure, being defamed, we entreat. We have been made as the filth of the world, the off uh, offscoring of all things until now. I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. And he goes on and on. And the Apostle Paul is saying, don't fall trap to that spirit that makes you think more highly of yourself. Don't fall trap to it. It's insidious, folks. And one of the signs that you're starting to fall trap to it is you're starting to feed on man's submission to you. You're starting to notice it, you're starting to like it, you're starting to want it, and you get to the place where you're so thinking highly of yourself that if men don't submit to you, you get offended with them, and you, you try to get rid of them. And that is not Jesus. You ought not to ever be busy about, well, they don't submit to me. No, yes, you may feel in yourself, oh, I so long for the oneness of the Spirit. I so long to share the oneness of the Spirit. I so long I feel that we're not totally one in the Spirit and I long for that. But that is different than you getting irritated because they're not submitted to you. It says here, walk worthy of the calling with which the Lord Jesus has called you. Ephesians 4 verse 2 with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, and so forth. You see, these scriptures are there to help you and I to not think more highly of ourselves and that we stay in that meek, gentle, humble heart and that you pray and love and faith for others when maybe there is a disconnect or there's disharmony or there is this not this oneness that you do not have that thinking too highly of yourself that you look down on them or that you insist they submit to you in a way that doesn't become the Spirit of Christ. Christ did not win us by ruling over us. He won won us by giving himself for us and said to his disciples, if I, your master, have washed your feet, go and do likewise and blessed are you when you do it and know it. And he says, I am one among you who serves. I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. Folks, it's an opiate. It's a drug, men's submission. But if you begin to feed on men submitting to you, you will go astray. If you become dominant and you begin to think you have the right to rule, you're going the wrong direction. You're no longer following the humble Lamb of God. And you will end up in a place that you don't want to think about. 
I want to encourage you today, don't think too highly of yourself. Think after the lowly nature of your heavenly Father and the Lamb of God. He brought from heaven that humility by which He is God. And in that humility, He saved us. And He wants to save us from thinking too highly of ourselves, save us from self-seeking, self-exaltation, from domineering and controlling and manipulating and all these ways that are contrary to our loving Heavenly Father and bring us into that beautiful, sweet harmony that He has in the Father, in that perfect humility by which He offered Himself to the Father, acceptable and well-pleasing in His sight. And that sweet love of humility is by which He came to save us. Is by which He came to save us. I mentioned to you, and I'll close with that verse from Philippians chapter 2, I mentioned ago, where, a moment ago, where Paul said, I have no one like Timothy. And here in verse 19 of Philippians 2, I hope and I trust in the Lord Jesus soon to send Timothy to you so that I may also be encouraged and cheered by learning news of you. For I have no one like him, no one of so kindred a spirit who will be so genuinely interested in your welfare and devoted to your interests. For the others all seek to advance their own interests and not those of Jesus Christ the Messiah. But Timothy's tested worth, you know, how as a son with his father he has toiled with me zealously in serving and helping to advance the good news of the gospel. And I hope therefore to send him promptly just as soon as I know my, how my case is turning out here. I honestly desire this in me day and night. And I am human. And I don't like that part of the human nature, self-seeking, self-exaltation. I don't want to know it. But the only way that I can walk free from it is by day and night embracing that sweet humility of Jesus that He imparts, by which I will not think too highly of myself, but according to the sweet faith that I have in union with Him and that I can see what He is working in me to be able to empower and enable and uphold and strengthen and love and bless others. Amen. Have a good day.